Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. So today on the episode, I've got the guy that you go to if you want to partner with Rail, Jeff Eberjin. Jeff, how you doing? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me this morning. Glad to have you back. So back. How's it been? Yeah, it's been good. Um, you know, been working with our, our new leader of the program recently and doing some training, uh, but it's going very, very well. Now explain this to me, this new leader. What's going on in the program? Well, we introduced a gentleman by the name of Charles Carl Jr. Um, Charles has an extensive background here at Rail Transport. I, I'm proudly to say that he was an owner lease operator at one time. Uh, he had leased a few trucks and then eventually ended up purchasing his own truck and running it like a businessman as an independent contractor, leased on with Rail Transport, of course. And then from that point, um, he sold the truck and then came into the office and worked various roles uh, throughout the years after that, which has really made him qualified to follow my footsteps in my role. Yeah. Well, let's get it from the guy himself. Charles, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Tell me about your journey from the beginning through rail to where you are now. Okay. Well, I started off as a company driver, um, worked through that with them for a long time, many years. And then um, one day my fleet manager said, you know, as hard as you run, you should be a owner operator. So I became an owner operator in 2007. Um, leased my first truck from Jeff. Um, so we started working together very early in my, my leasing career. Um, I leased all the way through 2018 um, when I came off the road. Came in the office as a fleet manager, um, working with owner operators. Uh, the board I had full of fleet, full of owner operators. Um, I worked with them for about a year and a half. Um, then I went over to the customer service side, became a van planner, um, and I did that for a while. Um, I was a customer service representative for a Reefer and a planner for a Reefer. Um, and just before I came over here to work with Jeff, I was a fleet training manager working with students. Um, either the students that come out of our Get Your CDL class um, or people come with their own CDL but don't have any experience. I've experienced quite a bit. Yeah. And now you're going to experience something new. Correct. I'm well, gonna it's a little new. To... You've, you've kind of done it from one, the, mm -hmm. the leasee owner side, right? Right. Jeff and I were working on a contract yesterday, um, and, and I was signing my name to the contract, um, you know, as being the program manager. And I, I told Jeff the last time we and him did this, it cost me money because yeah. I was on the other side of the contract, you know, signing it to get a truck. So um, it felt very familiar. Have you looked at other companies and what they do in this area of business for people partnering with them? What makes rail different? Mostly what I know of rail that I enjoy is the way that they, they treat their lease operators. Um, they make sure they understand they're not a company guy. They don't work for rail. They work with rail. Um, and that's very important. You know, when you're out there doing what they do, um, you're in charge, you know. Um, and that's important to them to make you feel like a business person. We don't want them to feel like, 
you know, they're still a rail employee. You know, we want them to feel like it's their business and they have to make choices um, to make that business better. And you could argue for uh, company drivers and say that they still get to run their business, right? I mean, they, they run their truck. They're the captain of their truck. So they get to they get to do all that. They just aren't doing some of the additional business owner things, next level uh, independent kind of things, right? Well, kind of. I mean, Jeff can probably touch on it better than me because he's been doing it a lot longer. But um, Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, don't we have a guy that's got six trucks and runs on his own? Yeah, we certainly do. We have a fleet owner um, that's based out of the Phoenix Terminal uh, that's adding his six trucks soon, uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, so that goes to prove that running your business um, with a business mindset, you can be most profitable and certainly enjoy what he's doing and, and see what he's accomplished. Um, and anybody can do that here at Rail Transport. A business owner, owner operator, lease operator, any one of those have a lot of freedom. And one of those freedoms is their home time. So they decide how long uh, they want to be home for, when they can come out of the house, and so forth. And sometimes that affects the business because the operator may take too much time off. Uh, Charles and I were just talking recently about we notice around the holidays here uh, the fact that some operators are going home two weeks in advance and taking a lot of time off. You can never make that time up. In fact, in the conditions the way freight is now, you got to take advantage of every load that you can get. Um, because of fuel prices, because of the softness of freight in this year, economy's been slow, and you just cannot take too much time off, and that's why some businesses fail. It's a lack of time management, lack of money management, and lack of that enthusiasm or that drive to operate that business. And I'm sure they have enthusiasm to see their families. So it's a balancing act. It's managing the time right uh, and absolutely two important things right yes absolutely uh and i don't care if it's an owner operator lease operator even a company driver it's still a balancing act you know you got to provide for the family um you want to be successful with your business you don't want to keep leaving companies you know in the trucking business overall there's turnover and by someone constantly looking for a better place to go to they don't gain like those of us that have been with a company for many, many years. I'm talking for a company driver, vacation pay. I'm talking about uh, bonuses. Um, I'm talking about the sliding mileage scale compensation for a company driver. If you keep bouncing from job to job to job, you ne never gain that. You it never doesn't accumulate as well. Correct. Now, that's company drivers. Yes. How about owner-operators? What does longevity have uh, in store for owner-operators? A gain for the owner-operator is the fact of knowing our freight lanes, knowing our culture here at Rail. So many times I've heard of outside owner-operators, those that come from different companies that join Rail and mention that they enjoy talking to someone professionally and how they're being treated. And it's been that way for my 40-plus years at Rail. It was always that way. And to think that some companies will not talk professionally to their operator is just unknown to me. 
It's just unneeded stress too, right? It is. It certainly is. And certainly that adds to the safety aspect, right? If you're under stress, you're not as safe. And that's another reason why owner-operators like partnering with Rails, the fact that we're a safe company. Yeah. You know, we, we talk safe, we do safe, and that's what our owner-operators do as well. They know that out there they have a lot of responsibilities, both financially and uh, for their business to prosper, that they can't afford to be down or get into accidents and so forth. And we support them through our boss program as well. Company driver versus owner-op. So the owner-op, more control over when they're out moving freight. They're buying everything and paying for everything and doing all that, right? We're just basically providing them with freight? That is correct. Yeah, we just provide them the freight. I mean, you know, what they do on their idle with their truck on MPG, that's all their own. But their fuel cost is their highest cost of operating their business. What do you usually tell drivers that call you that are interested in becoming an owner-operator or a leasee? Uh, what are they usually asking and what are you usually uh, providing them as a response? Well, basically, a lot of questions they have go uh, to compensation, you know, how much they're going to make. That's one of the leading questions that an outside or any new applicant will add or ask, how much money will they make? And, you know, we go down the path. It's not so much as what the rate per mile is because we compensate on a sliding mileage scale, but what the net revenue will be. We have to you know, discuss net revenue because rail has a lot of programs in place to save in the cost for owner-operator. Some of those programs, for example, is a fuel discount program. Another one is a toll program, how they save on tolls. Uh, rail doesn't charge for trailer use or trailer rent. A lot of companies are doing that. Um, our maintenance uh, support system that we have in place, if an operator wants to take advantage of one of our shops with lower uh, labor costs and lower uh, parts and other costs, tire costs, um, they can do that. Um, so that's one of the questions they ask is, is compensation. Um, another one is their home time. I mean, over the years of what I've seen when I started, over the road was basically a length of haul was around seven to 750 miles per load. And over the years that has changed, it's more regional running nowadays or dedicated as it becomes uh, whereas the operator will have more home time um, and then also you know again they can select the time off be profitable they got to run miles that's bottom line but if they can run regional and keep those miles moving in a perfect freight environment it's a win-win for everybody i know freight's been a little strange lately right uh capacity of trucks in the market and the amount of freight in the market. I hear we're kind of starting to come back to what we could call some sort of normality in that balance of capacity and freight and all that. What are you seeing in the in your area as far as um, that topic? Well, that depends upon what fleet you're talking about because, you know, here at Rail, we're diversified. We have four different divisions uh, hauling freight. Trucking's a bell curve. I, I mentioned on the last podcast about how that flows. In my 40-plus uh, years, I've seen probably it's been uh, five uh, situations where there was a recession uh, where we were at the bottom of that bell curve. 
I can honestly say that right now we're a little bit above the bell curve, the being bottomed out. We bottomed out already. Now it's starting to come up a little bit. Of course, in uh, 2021, early 22, we we're at the top of that bell curve. The and that's what drew seen. everybody in. Yeah. Which caused the rates to go down because the supply of yeah, back, you're correct. Back in uh, 21, 22, um, you know, there was some stimulus money out there and, and folks were going out there and buying a lot of material things. And that's what we haul, right? And they were stuck at home. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, there was a part shortage. There was shortage of trucks. And it was a weird situation economy that took place. And people still, still went out and went buying. And like you said, uh, they were staying at home and working, which led to a lot of uh, remodeling projects to make their home more in a little office environment, take a room and redo it and so forth. So goods are moving good, if that makes sense. Um, it but drew, It what, drew in uh, more drivers. Well, it did. Which it caused did. Us. You know, the rates were good. So people say, hey, here's a good way to make money. Let's go trucking then and there make goes top the dollar. <laughs> well, that capacity overwhelmed what freight there was eventually it caught up and of course the interest rates went up and people weren't buying as much and in turn uh, right now there's more capacity than loads so that's why the rates have been driven downward on account of that yeah hopefully they start getting back up to where they should be uh, you know it will we've seen that over time it'll it'll be back to where it was I don't know if we'll have a banner year in trucking in my lifetime left anymore or not because 21-22 was unbelievably uh, a great year in trucking. But if it will happen again soon, I don't think so. Well, and these people that got in at the peak uh, of freight uh, that was available, and then it dropped sharply. So those people just, I, you know, they eventually just can't do it, right? Because yeah, they got to compete with those low prices, but they came in high. That's true. And the good reason for that is that they were going out and buying trucks that were, you know, that weren't available. The inventories were down low because, again, we had those part shortages so expensive going trucks. on. So they're paying more, almost double for the price of a truck. Jeez. So when rates are good, they paid, you know, almost double the price of trucks. So they were doing okay. But when the bottom fell out with rates, they still have those payments to make and they can't make them. So we're seeing a lot of those contractors that went into business back then exit the business. And I'm not talking here at rail at all because of Just our in stable. General. I'm talking in general. Yeah, in the industry. Correct. Yeah, it's crazy. That's one of the things about rail that I like the most is the stability. Um, you know, they don't, they, they set you up for success here at rail. Um, I'm not exactly sure when the last recession was, um, what year? What year? 2008, 9, yeah. 10. Okay, I was yeah. an owner operator and mm-hmm. I made it through yeah. because of rail. You know, you have to, as a business person, make better decisions, but rail's a great partner to have when you're making those decisions. They're very thoughtful as far as the answers and the help that they can give you. Um, they want you to succeed. So, I, I, my success, I, did I stay out a little bit more? I did. I didn't go home quite as often. Um, and I made some different decisions about my fuel and, and my miles per gallon and, and how I treated the truck. Um, and I was able to, to support my family um, and make it through that recession and come out the other end of it. And I, and I got to keep working, um, had my truck, made all my bills, payments. Um, and, and being successful here at Rail was partly being partnered with Rail. In tough times, you want to grab that extra load. 
each month. If you grab one extra load, that's going to increase your bottom line instead of cutting back. There's the old saying that make hay when the sun shines, right? So when the freight's good, you really want to be out there pounding like what Charles did and put money aside for the times when freight becomes slow. Um, I heard a saying from another company that says you got to manage the average, and there's a lot of truth into that. You'll have the great times, but put money aside and budget for the slower times. Another thing I picked up on what Charles said, too, is fuel. And by slowing down, you know, back when there was the time of when the COVID hit, if you can remember when a lot of motorists weren't traveling, they weren't working, they're at home. So the highways are open. Uh, I had different stories from operators saying how nice it was to travel in large cities because there wasn't any traffic as you know, because of COVID, people were shut down at home. It's like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what took place is, is operators are traveling faster, you know, and, and especially when fuel costs are low. But if they have those same habits as fuel costs go up, it's biting into the profitability. The best thing they could do now is slow down. Well, it's the best thing they can always do. I mean, really, just to save fuel, no matter how much it is, right? Because you're going to exactly. save fuel. Right. Mm-hmm. Safety is... Never free. Safety should be a cornerstone value. It's a, it's the cornerstone value for rail, um, but it should be for any business owner. You know, the, the, to be out there in the truck a um, little bit slower than the rest of them, you're, you're not losing any time. I know people think you are, but I've been there and I've done it. Um, you know, you catch a red light getting off a ramp and somebody going 65 against somebody going 62, you'll end up in the same place. Yeah. That red light will hold you up long enough for the truck, to, you know, for you to be able to catch that truck. If that fast car that flies by you uh, gets all those green lights and everything, right, they get to their place faster, they had less time to react if something happened in front of them. Correct. So that's really the main thing. Right. And a braking lot. distance. Yeah. Yeah. There's, that, there's just that time to react. It gives you time to react. Mm-hmm. That, 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 the whole safety thing. Uh, and on top of that, fuel savings. Correct. So it's like, why do it? Yeah. You know, yeah. the success that I had came from um, making good decisions when it came to weather. It wasn't just the trailer full of product. It was it was my truck. It was my business. Um, it was going to cost me downtime. You know, it was going to cost me the money to pay to fix whatever I broke because I made bad decisions um, and drove in weather that shouldn't be driven in. And the safety of other motors too. Right. Well, yeah. lose control is yeah, big piece of equipment. Yeah, did you still get to see your family, and did you still have good times with the family? Memorable times, memorable moments. We did. I didn't miss birthdays. I didn't miss anniversaries. I was home for Christmas and New Year's. And this is while you were being an owner operator. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. It's it's time management. Um, you know, thankfully, I was I was afforded the the opportunity to become a lease operator and support my family. My wife worked from um, with the children, raising them. Um, she didn't have to have a job, so she worked very close with me um, on what we did with the business. She was very helpful in, in telling me when I needed to save money or I needed to to do something different. Um, so m- most of my driving career, my wife did not work. She stayed at home, and that's what she wanted to do. She was welcome to work, but we were. You know, I, I was lucky enough to be able to make the money I needed to make to support my wife and my two kids and um, and do the things we needed to do. Yeah, and that's awesome. The kids get more time with mom. Correct. Yeah. yeah and and you both, still get good time with them. I do. I do. I was home for their birthdays, made sure, you know, memories of what you make of them. 
you know, um, you know, I'm home a lot now and I don't see my daughter half as much now as I did when I was an owner operator out on the road. And, you know, she's 22. She moves around, not, you know, she's always on the go. She's always going somewhere, doing something with her friends. And I see less of her now than, than I did then, to be honest. When she's probably working, we all, yep. we get into our careers and our she lives. School. Yeah. Yep. She's working and going to school. And but it's a different story for the, when you got little ones. Mm-hmm. But we got FaceTime. Did you do a lot of we did. technology? We did. A lot of technology? A lot of texting. A lot of texting. Yeah. Time management. You get to still see the family, but you still, you got to know when to be out running and getting that freight delivered, right? Right. To be successful as an owner operator or as a company driver, right? I think it's kind of the same. It's probably same similar thing. principles. It's it just is. you're not in control of like the purse, I guess. Is that right? As a company guy, you're not. Yeah. As an owner operator or lease product, you are. That seems like the biggest thing. You control the purse and you control uh, when you drive and when you don't drive. But you kind of don't control when you drive and don't don't drive because you have to be profitable. So that kind of controls when you drive and not drive, right? Um, I, I didn't drive different. Um, I just took I took the loads that were offered to me, um, and I and I drove in a way that I managed my my logs and was able to make on time pickup and delivery. Um, my driving habits didn't change as far as when I drove or how I drove um, from when I was a company guy here at Rail. Um, a lot of what I learned to be successful, I learned from being a company driver here at Rail Transport. I just applied those over to the way that I drove, um, making sure the customers were as important to me as they were to Rail, understanding that I, you know service is a is a big big thing in the trucking industry, um, and making sure that I I was helping with that situation and not hurting it by staying out and making sure that I made loads on time and picking up and delivery when I was supposed to. And um, you do have to adjust sometimes. Sometimes loads are more important or weather got in the way or, um, you know, there are things that happen. But for the most part, I didn't do a whole lot different when I became an owner-operator when I was um, a company guy. And when those things came up where you were going to be late to deliver, Mm -hmm. that's when you get on the phone with the customer as an owner-operator? Nope. We have business advisors here at Rail Transport. Um, and they're called business advisors because that's what they're here for. They're not fleet managers. Um, they're not here to manage you. They're here to advise you. Um, and they're there for you when you call them on the phone and say, you know, hey, I blew a tire. or um, I'm down. I'm supposed to deliver this afternoon. I'm not going to make it there. And then they advise on what happens next. Um, you know, they're business advisors for rail transport as well. So, you know, do we recover the load? Can we push the load? Um, but the business advisors we have here are very good. Um, it's a good group of, of business advisors um, who understand their jobs very well um, and, then, and do a very good job with their, with their lease operators. Well, it sounds like they not only advise, but they actually take action too, right? They can to, to help the yeah. success of your owner-operator or your lease operator. And that's less stress on Correct. the owner-operator. Mm-hmm. They want you to succeed. You know, success is important here at Rail. And whether you're a lease operator or not, they want you to succeed. And those business advisors are put in place to help you with that success. Yeah, just step in when you need another hand because things can when get crazy, some advice. I can imagine. This is a yep. complicated business. How are you doing with getting familiar with your new role as the owner-operator program manager? Um, I'm coming along. You know, I'm probably, you know, Jeff did this for 11 years, 12 years. 12 years. Um, yeah, yes. he's been doing this for a long time, and, he, you know, he's got this the way of doing it, which I want to continue to, to carry that. I, I'm not coming in here and saying, you know, Jeff did it for 12 years and I want to do it my way because there is no my way. You know, Jeff's been doing it for so long that his way works. Um, it makes rail and the lease operator successful, and that's how I want to continue to do it. 
where's the program going? I mean, what are the goals in place? And we talked about this. That's one of the great questions you asked, actually, Charles, when you did the job shadowing. You know, what does rail have in mind? I mean, we've been in um, kind of a soft trend. Things have been stagnant because of the economy. Um, but when the economy improves, I, I see this program kicking off and, mm -hmm. and going forward again. Yeah. All right. That's going to happen. We know it will. Um, and that's why Charles is really working on those tools to be ready when that time comes. Um, but certainly, uh, that's one thing you got to think about is what can we do better? I think the important thing for me is I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel. It doesn't squeak, um, you know, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. And he's put a lot of years into this, um, and i got a lot of respect for that. So, One thing you could do, though, um, again, now is not the time until – economy shapes up and, and freight flows more smoothly again is to look at the competitors, do some research and see what they're doing with their compensation plans mm -hmm. and other maybe benefits they're providing to the owner operators. Right. That's something you want to do every so often to see how do we nestle among the competition. Correct. And maybe get some ideas, not not necessarily this whole system that they're using, but maybe one little piece of it can go into ours nicely, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of companies out there that drivers can go partner with and get freight from, right? There's a oh, lot absolutely. There. So why rail? Jeff, start. I want to start with you because you've been here the longest. Well, I'm going to lean on this again as our safety culture. Um, that's a big one. And, you know, we're known in the business, when somebody talks to you about rail, they think safety. And to me, that's, that's the big one. And to some operators, that certainly trumps compensation. And as the culture at rail, I certainly hope it does. Now, for somebody who isn't a seasoned driver, they may be like, safety, what? Pay, I want pay, I'm working to get money. Uh, and they might be like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, of course I'm going to be safe, but money is the most important. Uh, what is it about that safety culture that makes it so valuable to anyone that wants to be a driver? Well, here, rail, we walk the talk. I mean, you can talk to any carrier and they're going to talk safety naturally, but we have a lot of systems in place to support that. You know, we have uh, quarterly safety sessions that the owner-operator can, if they desire, um, to partake in and, and gain some more knowledge. Um, you know, we have um, some instances where the business advisor, they can advise and, and discuss with the owner-operator some things that may be happening out there, um, such as following distance, uh, such as uh, rolling through stop signs and stuff. So everything to keep them aware of what's going to keep them safe and others safe. That and is And moving correct. and getting paid because if they're crashing and causing crazy stuff, they, they're not going to have a job long. They're not going to be getting this nice pay. That's exactly right. So, yeah. So that, that definitely makes sense. That's why safety is so important because mm -hmm. it's going to lose. help you. Yeah, it's going to help you manage how you drive so you can right. get paid. Yes. And I think yeah. the great part here at Rail is they teach you how to be safe. They don't just tell you to be safe. You know, if you've come in here and you're going to get your CDL um, and you've got your CDL through our, our program here we have at Rail, or if you came in with your CDL from another school, um, the first thing you do here at Rail is learn how to, I mean, obviously you know how to drive, you have a CDL. They teach you 
the way to drive that truck safely. Their expectations are you're going to drive that truck safely and to ensure that we're going to teach you the safe seven. We're going to make sure we as a company are asking you questions. Do you know the safe seven? Do you know how to apply the safe seven? You know, they're fleet training managers who do a fantastic job dealing with the students um, or the, the new, new people that come in as experienced. Um, they, they have a system that they go through. You know, rail doesn't just expect you to be safe because they said so. They're going to teach you the culture, um, and, and you have to you if you embrace that culture. Um, by the time you're ready to go, you, you got it. You understand it. You know what it does for you. And, um, and and if you don't understand it, you know we keep telling. You know we keep teaching you. So how is insurance out there in the world? Well, we we offer insurance uh, to our owner operators through a third party. Obviously, rail is not in the business of selling insurance, uh, but on behalf of that operator, uh, we obtain insurance at very competitive rates. Um, FMCSA requires the bobtail non-trucking liability insurance at seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. The program that we're able to obtain on behalf of the owner-operator is a million-dollar policy, and it's currently $6.92 a week for that added coverage. Um, So we do everything that we can every year in August. um, We look at what the business is doing out there in the form of insurance, what we can do for a better plan for our owner-operators, and we want them to save on their costs as well, to be profitable. Um, so that's something that we do uh, to help them with that. And if they're driving the railway and if they're up and energized and eating good and sleeping good, they should never have to use that insurance, right? That is correct. That is correct. Not only that is that they have um, CSA scores to protect both rail and the owner operator. So there's a lot of skin in the game when it comes to accidents, uh, liability, and so forth. Does an owner operator's scores related to CSA affect us? It certainly does. Absolutely it does. It reflects our CSA score as well. Okay. And that, when our score gets high, which is not good, when we start to see more violations from inspections, things like that, tires are a big one, lights, Mm -hmm. our score starts to climb up and we start getting stopped more. And that's more time off the road and not getting those miles. So it's important. Mm -hmm. It's just all important stuff. Lots of different important little aspects. That's right. Yeah. You know, part of the program here at Rail is every 90 days, we do an inspection of your vehicle. You bring it. We don't charge you. You bring it to a rail terminal, um, um, one of our main terminals. We'll do a 90-day inspection on the truck and make sure that it meets our safety standards. Um, you're not charged for it, but it's one of those situations where we know you're keeping your tires to the level they're supposed to be at, the tread they're supposed to be at, and the truck's in the shape that it's supposed to be at to be on the road and be safe. Again, Rail is safe seven. Um, and their cornerstone value of safety is important across the boards. Part of managing your business, you know, is making sure your truck is operating like it's supposed to, safely, legally. Um, you know, you, you, it's your responsibility as a business owner, which was, to me, was part of the excitement about it. You know, I, I felt like I needed tires. I could put tires on the truck. I didn't have to wait for rail to approve it. Um, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but it made me feel better. Um, a lot of it is is the decisions you get to make. Um, but one thing I liked about being here at Rail is the support they gave you um, to make those decisions. They would help you with advice. Um, Jeff is always available to the owner-operator and the lease purchase guy to make sure that if they have questions asked, he was always available. Um, 
they just really work well with their lease purchase operators here. Yeah. There's a saying that goes, like with a truck, you take care of it, and it will take care of you. Yeah. What do you like to do when you're not working? Um, my wife is my best friend, and we enjoy doing a lot of stuff together. We're redoing some rooms in our house. She's right in there with me with the paintbrushes and the hammers and the nails. and the. Um, so we really enjoy each other's time. We spend a lot of our free time together doing things. Um, we recently got it. We have three dogs. My daughter just recently got a dog and spends more time with us than it does with um, with with my daughter. So, um, you know, it's fun with the dogs, but um, anything I can do to hang out, you know, with my wife, we go to plays and, and we try to participate in things going on here in Marshfield as best we can. Um, and it's it's an enjoyable time. Where are you from originally? New Hampshire. Okay. How'd you get here to Marshfield? I was in New Hampshire when we moved here. I came here for real. Um, you know, as a business person, you have to make good decisions. And part of that is what do I do when I don't want to, I'm not able to do this anymore. You know, was it get more trucks and try to run the business that way with rail? Or was it come off the road? And um, being here the years I've been here, I got to know a lot of good people here at Rail Transport and the operation side, um, the finance side, customer service side. Um, they made it, the transition from the truck to the operation side very easy for me. Um, but of course, I had, to, I had to live here in Marshfield to make that happen. So we packed up the family and came here. Uh, Marshfield's got a good school system. Um, we wanted to raise our kids in a good school system. And, and uh, so we just packed up and moved 3,000 miles. And those relationships that you built through rail and all those different groups are going to probably help you out nicely Correct. in your position now and your ability to help owner ops. Definitely. Yeah. And Jeff, retirement. You're moving into the next chapter of your life. Yes, I am. Um, something that's both exciting, but yet I'm apprehensive about it because since my childhood, I've been used to working, right? And so I've been working two jobs basically most of my life, uh, even while I was trucking uh, as a company driver here at Rail, come home weekends and did a side job on Saturdays. And, and so uh, up to this day, uh, two jobs, my secondary job, I've been there a little over 32 years. So to slow down completely, I don't think that's in my agenda. Um, in trucking, we'll call it semi-retire is what I plan on doing. I'll find something to do. You have to keep active and just keep on doing something that interests you. And so I got to find what that interest will be because it's always been work-related. Yeah. What the heck are you going to do? I'll, I'll you, find something. I, you got any I, ideas or any potential? Yeah. You know, I love driving. I always did love driving. And that's why my secondary job was a relating type job, a driving job in regards to driving motor coach. So I might do a little bit of that yet because I still have the itch to be on the highway. Um, and there's other couple carrots that are dangled in front of me as has been throughout the years. But I, I love working at rail and those uh, carrots didn't do anything for me. So um, maybe I'll pursue a, a part-time job of sorts. We'll see what happens. Nice. Yeah. You fish? Did we talk about that no, last time? No. Um, I, I fished when I was a teenager in high school on an FFA uh, uh, fishing trip. 
And no, I don't fish. My sons, uh, you know, the last couple of years, they have cabins up north where we're going to relocate. They'll go fishing, and I stay behind and mow lawn and, you know, do some landscaping work. To me, that was more relaxing than fishing. Um, but maybe that's something I may end up per- pursuing. We'll what's see. Your, what's your favorite hobby? It's motorized sports. Um, so it's riding snowmobile years ago i raced cross-country snowmobile a little bit um riding motorcycle i enjoy again it's hit, hitting that open road and traveling uh that all ties together um and, and hunting i i gave up hunting last few years just to keep working on various projects um, but i'll probably go back to that again yeah charles hunt fish i do not no i wasn't raised that way you know up in new hampshire i you know my dad was a he was into race cars. We spent our weekends at the racetracks. Mm-hmm. Um, the asphalt tracks go in circles. Um, I don't know why, but he enjoyed that. Working on cars is a big hobby for me. I enjoy doing that. Um, so I don't hunt and fish, but I can work on cars. Yeah. You guys got anything else before we wrap this up? That'd be good to talk about for uh, our existing teammates on our owner-operator program or for people uh, interested in getting into owner-operating. If we're talking about owner-operating, from my point of view, it would be um, one of the things that Rail and Jeff do is they they help you understand your ability to succeed or fail. We don't lease to just anybody. Just because you come in here and say, I want to lease a truck, and you have your down payment and everything doesn't mean you're going to get a truck um, from Rail Transport and be put to work. If it's not a successful, if it doesn't look like it's going to be successful from the beginning for a long term, um, we won't lease them a truck. So people who think that, hey, we're just here for money, we're just here to, you know, to, to take people's money in a lease program, um, they're not correct at all. Uh, that's one of the things I have a lot of respect. Jeff's taught me is make sure that, you know, you're setting them up for success. Don't just lease it because they have $2,000 and want a truck. They're not going to succeed, and they're going to end up giving that truck back. Um, it's going to turn out to be a ne- negative experience, and that's not what we want here, right? So what kind of a mindset does someone need to have to come into our owner-operator program? Um, they have to be willing to work. Yeah, bottom line. Yeah. Uh, put in the efforts, uh, have good family support like Charles did to be successful. I think that's very huge is that family support. Even my role over the years, if it wasn't for my family supporting what I did and the hours what I put in, um, I wouldn't have been successful. So you got to have family support. You got to have that commitment. um, And that, again, I'll go back to enthusiasm. You got to have a desire, set goals, and keep planning on what you're going to do and improve what you have and improve your business. And it's got to be kind of easy to gain enthusiasm about this kind of work because you're doing some good work. Not when freight's slow. Yeah. Uh, that tapers off real quick when mm-hmm. you're sitting waiting on a load or, you know, sitting over a weekend waiting on freight. It, it drives that down. But you got to look back in your own mindset. What can you do personally, like what Charles did? He stayed out longer, grabbed that extra load. A good owner-operator will put money aside and plan for those slow times. Manage that average. And then not only put money away, but somehow put some enthusiasm away. You know, I, I think for, yeah, thing for exactly. me is when I became a truck driver, I, I, I 
I don't remember how long it had been or, or what. I, I grew up in it. My dad drove. I was a second-generation truck driver. But I got up one morning, and I went inside, and I got my coffee, and I did all my pre-trip, and I sat in the truck, and I turned the key, and that motor came to life. And I remember just sitting there in the hair standing up on the back of my neck with pride. I'm doing this. You know, this is not something everybody can do. You know, you look in the mirror, and you see all that trailer back there. And, um, you know, the pride in that became much more for me once I became a lease purchase operator. Because now I understand that I'm not just doing it, but it's mine. And I have to be able to make decisions to um, help myself um, as well as rail. The enthusiasm for me came from that pride of wanting to succeed and be a good business owner. You know, you may be in an area where they offer you a load that you might look at and go, man, that's just terrible. But where's it going to put you? Does it put you in a place where you're going to get a load that's going to be fantastic? You know, or, or give you, are you going to sit there and, and, and stomp your feet? You know, just to say and, and, and wait for something good that doesn't exist. goes back to making good decisions as a business owner and working with your business advisor. If I take this load and I take it into somewhere in Nowhereville, Alabama, am I going to get out? Yes, it looks great on the front side. But what's the back side look like? That goes back to being a business owner is being able to look at those things and make those decisions. Company drivers still encounter those issues. So how do company drivers deal with stuff like that? There's things in place for them when they encounter stuff such as this um, that rail does take care of them. Yeah. And as an owner operator, you're able, if you put the work in, to make more than a company driver? Oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely. What if now company driver compared to an owner op, both putting in the same amount of work, owner op going to make more? Absolutely. They'll make more than a company driver. What a company driver does sometimes, though, is become a trainer. So a company driver being a trainer makes extra money. And, and so they'll do quite well, whereas that owner operator, to increase their profitability and become a trainer as well. You know, we have a good trainer foundations class that'll give them the tools to be successful with that. Yeah. So that's something that an owner operator's got to consider, right? I mean, they got to look at that uh, po- possible adventure of being a trainer and paying forward or moving forward for what they learn to instill onto someone else. Yeah. I was a trainer when I was an owner operator. Um, Enjoyed it. It was very, very rewarding to to bring that person in the truck and, and mold um, not just their skills, but their their identity to some belief, you know, to some some level, um, and, and help them make sure they understand the safe seven and, and practice the safe seven and put it into play mm-hmm. when they're driving those trucks and, and when they, the light goes on and it all makes sense to them. Um, it's very rewarding company driver versus owner op now the owner op gonna make more but they're taking on more risk right absolutely you know you're out there risking um you know having an accident or something what financially that can do for you uh, financially if the freight gets soft like it has been what that can do for you um yeah there's a lot of risk involved but some people are risk takers some aren't in business i'm referring to yeah and you when know, you're at, here at rail while you're operating to avoid a lot of that bad stuff you follow the safe seven right correct Correct. absolutely reduce the risk yeah that doesn't just apply to company drivers that can apply to any motorist so if you want to make more money become an owner operator and drive the railway correct 
That bottom and work. Line, that's put, what it is. Yeah, get those miles. Yeah. yeah. And you still get time to get home. I loved my family and got home. I still have the same family, so I must have got home <laughs> enough that they wanted to keep me around. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anything else that would be good to talk about while we're here before we wrap this up? Yeah, I'm just going to end it by saying I certainly wish – uh, Charles continued success here at Rail because he has been successful. And certainly I have confidence in his abilities and what he can bring to us to the owner-operator program. Nice. Yeah. So anybody out there that wants to lease or if they have a truck and want to come partner with us, pretty soon you'll be talking to Charles. Correct. Yeah. You know, and at the same, side, same time, I'd like to, you know, Jeff, enjoy your retirement. You know, you've been with Rail for 40 years. It's a long, long time. I know we've had some conversations about you know, we hired on with Everett back in the day, mm-hmm. and you've been very successful here. So I hope you find the same success and happiness in, in your retirement. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, enjoy the time uh, that you get to spend with solely with your family, you know, besides what else you decide to do, you know, away from the home. Yeah. A little bit more time, though, right, with the family? Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. And this job enabled you to move into this next chapter? Yeah, it certainly did. It certainly did. Um, Gave me a lot of opportunities like it did to Charles over the years. You know, it's up to you if you want to grab those opportunities, right? I mean, both of us have been in different roles and different aspects of rail growing over the years. We've seen the growth over the years. And I liked the trend of growth, the direction rail was heading. So that kept me uh, involved, right? And thinking about what can I do better to help rail succeed was always on mm-hmm. my mind. Correct. What effort can I put behind of what I'm doing, you know, like when I was a manager, what can I do to the team to actively promote what they're doing and be part of that o- overall picture here at Rail Transport. Rail Transport is a, is a huge business, but what can I do to be a significant part of that team? Yeah, rail is us as a collective force right and we have an identity we follow a certain wall of values and safe seven and we do those things and that makes us who we are and it's just uh without the company i mean we can't do the things that we can do you know with that force that collective force i was thankful that we are the rail gave us the opportunities that it has you know i know jeff and myself have taken those opportunities and um and we've applied ourselves to them to, to be a part of that success as best we can. We all want to contribute to make the best better. To make life better just in general, right? Exactly. When people go to the grocery store, we contribute to making life better. Or when they build a house mm-hmm. or go downtown to a building, right, with some windows we delivered. Mm-hmm. Keep some warm, stuff like that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. And do good. I'm going to do my best. Yes. All right, Jeff, have fun. Retirement. Thank you. Looking forward to it. All right, thanks for listening.